In this podcast, we will be discussing sensitive topics, including sexual assault. It is important to take care of yourself while listening. Help is available through your local rape crisis center, and you can visit mcasa.org for more information on how to be connected. Hey everybody, it's Meredith, policy advocate for community engagement at the Maryland Coalition Against Sexual Assault, and this is MCASA on the go. MCASA is the federally recognized statewide coalition providing training, technical assistance, and policy advocacy to rape crisis centers, member organizations across the state. MCASA also provides direct legal services to survivors through our Sexual Assault Legal Institute, or SALI. In this podcast series, we will be discussing topics including, but not limited to, sexual violence prevention and response, legal issues surrounding sexual violence, and highlighting services available for survivors across the state. In this second episode, I am sitting down with Laura to talk about sexual assault response teams and the impact they have on response across the state. Hey, Laura, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Meredith. Thanks for having me. Yeah, how are you doing? You know, hanging in there. How are you? Same, same, you know, the cicadas are buzzing outside my window, so hopefully you can't hear them. Can't, I cannot, so you're good. Great. So for this episode, we're going to be talking about, you know, all things sexual assault response teams. Do you want to tell uh, listeners a little bit about you and your role at MCASA? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess I started at MCASA maybe two or three years ago, somewhere in between. And um, I started as the sexual assault response team and sexual assault forensic exam um, program policy advocate. So um, those are typically referred to as sexual assault response teams or SARTs and sexual assault forensic exams or SAFEs. So I did a lot of work at first with the local sexual assault response teams and the programs within hospitals that provide those forensic medical exams to survivors. Um, and then throughout the years, I've kind of shifted and I've done, I now do a little bit more work with the Sexual Assault Kit Initiative, or SACI, and really taking a look at the backlog of uh, rape kits in Maryland and how to, to eliminate that backlog and get survivors engaged. Wonderful. Yeah, wearing many hats over here at MCASA. <laughs> um, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about sexual assault response teams or SARTs? Yeah, I mean, to put it simply, um, SARTs are just a group of professionals. Some people would refer to it as like a multidisciplinary team or an MDT um, that is responsible for providing services to sexual assault survivors in the community. And those team members are really working together to ensure interagency collaboration um, and that trauma-informed care and victim-centered responses to survivors are utilized. And one of the other main points is um, working to improve offender accountability for that area. And this is a national best practice that, although it's not a brand new idea, it's not exactly something that's been Um, utilized throughout the country for a very long time. So it's still an emerging practice. And Maryland has done a lot of growth in this department over the years. So before we talk um, about SARTs and all the work that they're doing across the state, um, I want to touch on, you talked about trauma-informed care and victim-centered services. And we talk a lot about that at MCASA. Can you define what um, trauma-informed care and victim-centered services looks like for those listening? 
Yeah, um, that's a really good point because it's really important for MCASA's work and just anyone working with sexual assault survivors. Um, Trauma-informed care, you could really define as, as an approach that tends to the survivor's emotional and physical safety by acknowledging the role trauma may play in the individual's life um, while promoting an environment of healing and recovery and actively working to avoid re-traumatization. Um, so it's, it's really putting forth efforts to limit that trauma and the, the stress involved with the aftermath of a sexual assault. Um, Victim-centered care is kind of along the same lines. Um, it's focused on the survivor being at the center of all decisions regarding their recovery and their involvement with the criminal justice system. So many times we're looking at, you know, survivors' involvement with the criminal justice system and trying to gain, um, you know, the traditional sense of justice. But we really have to look at what justice means to the survivor and what's best from that for them. So it's about their choices, safety, and well-being um, while in being incorporated into the investigative process. Wonderful. Yeah, that's so so important when when talking about services for survivors. That I feel like. Um, you know, survivors encounter a lot of different systems, um, which you'll talk about when we talk about SARTs. So making sure that everyone's kind of on board with keeping that same approach is so important. You're exactly right. That's what it's all about. And so can you tell us a little bit about what SARTs look like in Maryland? Yeah, so uh, currently uh, MCASA works closely closely with SARTs in each Maryland county. Um, in fact, we have an MCASA staff member that is dedicated to work, working with each of those SARTs and attending every SART meeting to provide assistance, training opportunities, and best practice information to the group. Um, and additional support is provided through one of our dedicated Sally attorneys as well, and they regularly attend these SART meetings to provide information on, you know, Sally's resources, civil legal options, and um, guidance for both Maryland and federal law. Um, so really without this collaboration in Maryland, many professionals, or anywhere, not just Maryland, but many professionals that respond to sexual assault survivors work with the survivors in these silos. So we're really focused on the advocacy piece or the criminal justice piece or the, or the prosecution or forensic medical care. But a SART allows each of those silos and the professionals in those silos to connect and communicate with one another and ensure that there are no gaps in services and that each survivor's needs are met. Um, these teams usually focus on enhancing justice through offender accountability, which I noted uh, previously, but also working to make sure that the care and investigation and services remain trauma-informed and victim-centered. Um, and one of the most powerful things that I've seen is that once SART members build relationships with each other, their survivors seize those relationships and that trust and they're put at ease as well. Great. And you, so you described earlier as a SART being a multidisciplinary team. Um, what professionals typically participate in these SARTs? Yeah, so SARTs in Maryland do have some like requirements um, that are outlined in the Code of Maryland regulations on who should be participating in these SARTs. So basically, um, in Maryland, SART membership should include at minimum a forensic nurse examiner. So the medical or healthcare professional that is certified and qualified to provide the sexual assault forensic exam. Um, if there isn't an FNE, another qualified healthcare professional um, will work as well. Then a representative from the local law enforcement agency, a representative from the state's attorney's office, 
a representative and or advocate from the local rape crisis center. And then of course, someone from MCASA should also be as, involved as well. There's two other members that Maryland SART should incorporate, but their attendance isn't necessarily required. The invitation should at least be extended. And that includes a crime victim's rights attorney. So many of the Maryland SARTs, if not all of them, you know, work with Sally and our attorneys to fulfill that um, requirement. And then also a representative from the crime lab. So um, that's kind of like, I don't want to say the core membership, but those are the, the main members um, that are required in Maryland. And some start, starts kind of stick with that and others really expand their membership to include other agencies within the community that work with sexual assault survivors. So individuals from universities and colleges that are local, uh, military members, especially if there's a base nearby, Department of Corrections personnel, and sometimes faith agencies as well. So you can really work to expand beyond that. Yeah, it seems like a large group of professionals working together um, and doing awesome work in their communities. What do you think is the biggest benefit of having all of these groups working together to um, formulate the sexual assault response? Honestly, um, like I think I said it previously, but building professional relationships with each other. I can't even begin to express how important this sim seemingly simple thing is um, when these professionals know each other and know who they can reach out to for assistance. It's huge. Um, it creates a smooth process for referrals and case collaboration. And the biggest thing, in my opinion, is how survivors view this. I mentioned it earlier, but when survivors, sees, survivors see team members working together and trusting each other, it reduces their fears and increases their trust. So like, for example, when a survivor reports to a hospital for a sexual assault forensic exam, and they're a little bit nervous about reporting to the police, but they see their forensic nurse examiner and the advocate working alongside that officer, recognizing and having a rapport with that officer, it creates a reporting process that's designated to reduce that stress and trauma. It highlights that trust. And when they see that, they can feel more comfortable in that reporting process. Of course. And so, of course, you know, jurisdiction to jurisdiction, I'm sure there are many things going on in the state right now. Um, but you and other MCASA folks do regularly attend these meetings. Can you tell me a little bit about what SARTs in Maryland are talking about, what the hot topics are? Well, I feel like there's so many topics that we could be discussing as SARTs. And like you said, depending where you go, there's different focus and different shift, shifts. Um, and some of that depends on the emerging trends that the local community you're sitting with is seeing. Um, but there's so much happening in the world of sexual assault response and SARTs. Um, right now in Maryland are doing a lot of work in what is often called sexual assault evidence kit or rape kit reform. It's a huge topic, so topic that these teams are addressing in an effort to meet statewide requirements regarding sexual assault evidence kits or like I said, rape kits. So what exactly is sexual assault evidence kit reform? Well, that's a, a big question, um, but previously local jurisdi jurisdictions, specifically law enforcement agencies that investigate sexual assaults, had varying policies regarding these uh, rape kits or sexual assault evidence kits. And Maryland has worked hard to create uniformity throughout the state on issues like how long a kit is kept and, and stored, when those kits are tested, um, the tracking process on when testing takes place, when those results are available, and when destruction would happen. 
That sounds like an excellent project and some excellent reform that's happening. Is there anything that the community and survivors especially should know about these policies? Yeah, I think it's important for the community to know that Maryland obviously takes sexual assault seriously and that's being demonstrated through these policy changes. Um, all law enforcement agencies are required to keep rape kits or stakes for a minimum of 20 years now. Um, some jurisdictions have extended that even longer. Um, so really survivors can have confidence that their kit is being stored and won't be destroyed. Um, there's also new statewide testing criteria that very specifically outlines when a law enforcement needs to send a kit for testing by the crime lab. And I will say that there are now very few exceptions for when testing wouldn't be um, completed. So the majority of kits are going to be tested in Maryland now. And um, one main thing I think is really important for survivors to know aside from that is that now there are very clear rights that survivors have over their own um, evidence kits. And I think that's very important because, you know, the sexual assault evidence kit is part of each of these individuals and it belongs to them. And these rights make sure that these individuals, these survivors have the right to be informed of any decisions law enforcement makes about the testing of their kits. They have the right to receive updates on um, the testing status and the testing results. Um, in fact, survivors even have the right to request an independent review by a local SART if the decision is that if law enforcement makes the decision not to test their kid and the survivor wishes it disagrees with that decision. That is so amazing. I think that's such an important, you know, thing that's happening that we're seeing all across the country. So I'm so happy to see what Maryland is doing and all of the reform that's taking place. It's so wonderful, you know, that we at MCASA have our hand in it and being able to help out around the state is such amazing work. And I thank you for all the work that you and the SART team at MCASA do, because that is just such amazing work y'all do. Um, but we could probably spend hours talking about this, but we are running out of a little bit of time. Is there anything else you want to share about SARTS or SAKE reform? I want um, survivors of sexual assault, especially in Maryland, to know that although these changes reflect current and future cases of rape and sexual assault, past cases have not been forgotten. Um, so we're really, these rights about, you know, getting updates about the status of their kit and making sure that it's not being destroyed. These are all things that are definitely going to impact cases happening now. Um, but those that have taken place in years previously, they haven't been forgotten. And if survivors of sexual assault in Maryland have had um, a sexual assault evidence kit collected and they have unanswered questions about that, um, what happened to their sake or where the law enforcement investigation is currently at, the Maryland Sexual Assault Kit Initiative is focused, focused on providing answers to those questions. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that survivors of a previous sexual assault or rape have questions, they can contact us um, through what we're calling um, survivors opt-in line. So they can opt in to learn information about their sexual assault evidence kits. And they can call us at 833-364-0046 or by emailing us at notification at mcasa.org. Um, we're working alongside law enforcement, local rape crisis centers, the Office of the Attorney General, the Governor's Office of Crime Prevention, Youth and Victim Services, and the Maryland State Police to try and achieve this goal of getting answers to survivors about their, about their kit. 
Great. Thank you so much again, Laura, for both taking the time to speak with me today, answer all of my questions about SARTs and SAKES, and also for the work that you do across the state. It's definitely such important work and never goes unnoticed. Thanks, Meredith. I appreciate that. In future episodes of MCASA On The Go, I'll be sitting down with guests from core members of sexual assault response teams, including forensic nurses, members of the crime lab, law enforcement agencies, and many other professionals working across the state. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode from our sexual assault response team series. Thanks for listening to MCASA On The Go. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all of the latest from MCASA, you can visit our website, mcasa.org, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at mcasa.org. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.